اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له اما بعد My dear brothers and sisters, أي مسلم منا إذا كانت عنده شركة أي مسلم among us if he owned a company فإن هناك طريقة معينة للمحاسبة He would have a certain way of doing his accounts ولمتابعة هذه المحاسبة and monitoring his accounts فانصنا بعض الأسلاك يحاسب صباحا ومساء ماذا حدث ماذا دخل وماذا خرج Some of some owners, some business owners, might do their accounts in the morning and the night, checking see what came in or what went out. And some may just do it once a week. And some may only do it once a month. And if they're not able to do that or they don't do that, they might do it just once or twice a year. فالإخوان حرصنا على الآخرة ينبغي أن نكون أحرص من أولئك الذين يحرصون على أموالهم الدنيوية. This brothers, our concern for the hereafter should be greater than people's concern for their worldly affairs. لذلك جعل الله عز وجل لنا محطات يومية. For this reason, Allah has made for us daily stations to account ourselves and uh, to to uh, make up for our sins and clean out our records of these sins among these are the five prayers the messenger says said that the five prayers are in make up for what is between them. So if you pray Salat al-Fajr, then you pray Salat al-Dhuhr. So after your Dhuhr prayer, your, all the sins are forgiven. Which are the meaning all the sins that occurred between Fajr and Dhuhr. Then if you pray Asr, all the sins that you committed between Dhuhr and Asr are forgiven. Likewise with Maghrib and Isha. And likewise Fajr after Isha. This is a, an accounting that is going on five times a day. فهي تنحيط للقلب وتنظيف للقلب وكذلك لتحيفة العد It is something that uh, tries the heart and, for, and, and leads to forgiveness or cleansing of the heart وكذلك شيء And also a uh, mending of the records erasing the sins in there فإذا في اليوم محاسبة خمس مرات في اليوم العبد يحاسب نفسه خمس مرات. So a servant accounts himself in a day five times. ربما يتساقل العبد من محاسبة نفسه خمس مرات فالله عز وجل جعل هناك محطة أخرى. 
perhaps the person finds these uh, finds uh, burden in the five times of account you know of accounting himself and Allah has made another station it is the weekly station of uh, the Friday prayer as the message of Allah says from Jum'ah to Jum'ah that uh, erases the sins in between also perhaps the servant is a bit lethargic or lazy and performing the Jum'ah sincerely and thus Allah Ta'ala has made stations that are, that are monthly among these are that one fast three days out of every month during which during the, during this fast he accounts himself what is it that he sinned and what is it that he had put forth and also for those you know that are lethargic in that Allah has also made uh, annual stations among these is the month of Ramadan for this reason the messenger sallam, said what a miserable or uh, how how sad or how miserable of a person that he realizes Ramadan yet is not forgiven in it. And what a what a low misfortune and how uh, what a loser such a person is. That is because Allah Ta'ala every day has people that He dismisses from hellfire, that He frees from hellfire. Thus when a servant is fasting during the day and standing in prayer at night, Allah looks upon him looking and then uh, Frees him from hellfire and forgives him. However, if we were to observe the uh, the verses that relate to Ramadan, we would find these verses in Surah Al-Baqarah between the verses of Hajj. For this reason Allah said prior to the verses of fasting Regarding al-Safa wal-Marwa He says there is no sin upon the person that does this tawaf between Safa and Marwa Then after these verses he mentioned the verses of Ramadan. Then after the verses of Ramadan ended, Allah Ta'ala mentioned the verses of Hajj in detail. What is the relationship between Ramadan and Hajj? Why are the verses of Ramadan placed in between the verses of Hajj? 
This is a question worthy of being posed. My brothers, in reality, Ramadan is a introduction to Hajj. That's why also when Ramadan ends, Shawwal begins, which is one of the which is the first month of the month of Hajj. The month of Hajj are three months. Shawwal, Dhul Qa'dah, and Dhul Hajjah. We know now that Ramadan, when it ends, begins the month, the month of Hajj. What is the relationship between Ramadan and Hajj? This question poses itself and is presented again. My brothers, the a journey to Hajj is a journey to Allah. That is that the servant uh, journeys to Allah with his with his whole body, with his heart and his body towards Allah Taala. And this is a miniature of that great journey where the servant travels from this world to the hereafter. And it is as if, as one were, as if Allah were saying that he does not accept that someone come to him and hajj except after he has purified his heart through Ramadan. In Ramadan you will have uh, purified your heart and, and cleared your, your record of sins. Uh, also due, due to this, uh, the Laylatul Qadr has, was in the last ten nights of Ramadan. And it, and it is that night in which the servant has his previous and future and coming sins forgiven. That's at the end of Ramadan the servant will have been cleansed and purified from anything from um, Things that are not related to Allah Ta'ala. Now, he directs himself to Hajj. And he arrives at the Miqat. He, he, he abandons his clothes. And family and wealth. And he also left his country. Why? Because he is going to Allah. He has sold everything for the sake of Allah. Here he is throwing away his worldly clothes and wearing two pieces of garments that he is going to Allah with. And these are two clean garments 
indicative of the clean, cleanliness of the heart. It is as though he were saying, my Lord, I have, uh, I have separated myself only for you. And And these two garments are similar to what a person is shrouded in when placed in his grave. Yet that is the big journey while this is the miniature of that one. فهناك الرحلة التي سير الله عز وجل بعينه إذا ما أقبل عليه يوم القيامة. There is that journey where he will see Allah with his own eyes when he proceeds to Allah. بينما هذه الرحلة المصغرة سيشعر قلبيا بأنه قد تعلق بالله تبارك وتعالى وكأنما رأى الله عز وجل. Yet in this journey he will feel uh, in his heart. You know, as though he has seen Allah, and he will, his heart will be tied to Allah. He will develop a tie with Allah Taala. لذلك يتجرد من دنيا ويتطيب بجميع أنواع أنواع لأنه مقبل على ملك الملوك. For this reason, he uh, he uh, goes does away with all his clothes and puts the nicest perfume on and prepares for you know his because he is. Go advancing or towards the the King of Kings. Thus, in this ihram, there are a number of wisdom. The first of them is that you have declared that you are doing away with your temptations and the the, the beauties of the world. والإشارة الثانية أنك تركت التعاظم تركت ذاك اللباس الذي يعظمك به الذي يعظمك به الناس. And also you have given away or done away with that status which is being indicated by your clothing. For this reason you find that if the rich person and the poor person you can't distinguish them. They're all the same, just the same. And that's when you are wearing your ihram you might find A treatment from some people. You might be surprised why it is that he is, that they are dealing with you this way. You say, I'm I'm a rich person. Why am I being dealt like that? He did not know that you're this rich person or this that you know that you you receive such a treatment. You look like everyone else. And this uh, indication is one that Allah wants from the servant. And from the rich person specifically. Because on the day of judgment he comes and there is no difference between him and the poor person. Because on the day of judgment they are crowded, barefooted and naked. As the messenger of Allah For this reason the kafir says on the day of judgment What, what has my wealth done for me? My power has gone away from me. The third signal 
is the preparation for the meeting of Allah Ta'ala. Which is that I have given away or sold of this world for you. And the fourth indication of the white garment is, as we have learned which is that the white garment indicates the outward cleanliness and is there also to signify the internal cleanliness. Then you say لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ لَبَّيْكَ فِالسَّلْبِيَةِ and this talbiya is an answer to the adhan that was done by our father Ibrahim. When Allah Ta'ala said to him, And perform adhan with hajj. They will come to you walking. And there was nobody there in Mecca. When the Prophet Ibrahim was going out, was making this adhan. But Allah Ta'ala said, which means that many people will come to you walking on their feet coming to answer this call. And upon the, their means of transportation from every crack. From every deep uh, hole or area. And despite of this, Ibrahim السلام, did not say, I, uh, I didn't see anyone, so I didn't call the Adhan. There's nobody around here, so I didn't call it. So Ibrahim started out calling the Adhan. And now we see. Now we see the millions or two millions coming to this Hajj here. Answering that call of Prophet Ibrahim We're saying, here we come, our Lord, Allah, here we come, O Allah. Here we answer your call, O Allah. We answer you, there is no, you have no partner. Certainly all praise and all favor. And all kingdom or possession is to you. You have no partner. That here I am coming to you with my tongue. And with my body towards you. And which, with my heart, after you have cleansed it in Ramadan, I am coming towards you with my heart. What we are talking about now, brothers, is not about the performance of Umrah, rather it is about the performance of Hajj. Therefore, uh, when a servant is going out to do the Hajj, he goes out to Arafah, which is the first of the prescribed rites of Hajj. What is out there in Arafat? He does not find any buildings. Nor is there anything. It is a barren desert. What is the benefit of going out to it? 
Arafat is the gathering place and the crowding place of people. It is as though we are declaring openly to Allah Ta'ala that we have laid aside the world. The houses. Laid aside everything. So here we are now gathered in this barren desert. And this is a miniature of that greater crowding on the day of resurrection, the place, the crowding place. And this is the preparation for the meeting of Allah So when you see the, the, the masses, the great masses of people in Arafat, of all levels of people, they're poor and they're rich, they're old and they're young, their men and their women they have all gathered in this place with these similar clothes you may then wonder I'm nothing but one person among all this crowd. Does Allah Turn to me and bring me closer amidst all these people that all is seeking to get close to Allah Ta'ala. That person is calling unto Allah, uh, crying unto Allah, seeking to get close to Allah. And that person is screaming and yelling, asking Allah Ta'ala for, for closeness. And that person is whispering and in asking, and in uh, sincere asking of Allah Ta'ala, no one hears him but Allah. So who am I and who are you that Allah would, would, would pay us attention? When you look at this great crowding, you will feel that you are but one person. So how is it that you challenge Allah Ta'ala in your world and you, you defy Him? Therefore you realize how small oneself is and how low you, we are. Then a second uh, signal uh, related to Arafat. That you go out from the houses to the desert to be with Allah. Because the person uh, uh, finds uh, happiness or uh, finds that time with 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 his uh, beloved in an open area. But Sheikh Islam bin Taymiyyah said, one of his students say, at times I find Sheikh Islam bin Taymiyyah, he leaves his houses and he goes to the desert. So I followed him one day, and I heard him say, 
and I come out from amidst the houses that perhaps I tell myself about you my Lord all alone that we seek the company and pleasure the pleasured company of Allah Ta'ala when we go out to this open area so, so when you go out to Arafat there are three wisdoms seeking that pleasured company of Allah Ta'ala humility to Allah Ta'ala and then laying aside and leaving away though your temptations for the sake of Allah Ta'ala the reason of this all is for the desire of Allah Ta'ala and then you direct yourself to Muzdalifah for this reason when some of these wisdoms occur in Arafat Allah looks over the person and says to the angels after uh, he uh, he is proud and, and speaks highly of you amongst the angels he says look at my servants those what do they want do they see they, 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 they they seek to get closer to Allah. Then Allah Ta'ala forgives them. Before their entrance to the haram, which, which is uh, which, while they are still in the hell in Arafat. Then they direct themselves to Muzdalifah. Which is the land of Allah Al Haram. That's when they direct themselves to Muzdalifah, which is Allah's uh, haram land. What do they do there? They sleep in Muzdalifah. And what, what do you get if you sleep in Muzdalifah? The question to ask is, what are you wearing now? This time, there is only two garments on you. Your, your body which may have not touched the sand in many years. That is because of your, your self-greatness or your pride. Here you are humble and and you are sleeping on your side that, that does touch the sand. Now you are now in the uh, land of the King of Kings. And you have become you know dusty in the sands for the sake of Allah Ta'ala it is a blessed land the land of the haram it is as though you are seeking the blessing from Allah Ta'ala now after you end from Muzdalifa where do you go there is just an announcement I need to make when you depart Muzdalifa directing yourself to Mina, what do you do in Mina? You throw the Jamarat. 
وهذه الجمرات التي ترميها كأنك ترمي حظ الشيطان حظ الشيطان من قلبك It is as though you are throwing the shaitan's share of your heart. As if you are getting out all your grudge that is in your heart and getting it out. You're taking the envy that is in your heart and you're throwing it. You're throwing all corruption in your heart and throwing it away. This is an indication of the purification of your heart from envy and jealousy and uh, ills of the heart. This is as though you are throwing away the instigations of evil uh, and as if you, you know, you're throwing them outside of your body. And, and for this reason, as we throw each time you say Allahu Akbar, a magnification of Allah Ta'ala and a replacement of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, a replacement of the evils in your, that you're throwing away with, it, with the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. <laughs> After this, you sacrifice this lamb. <laughs> what is the sign here? All of you know that this slaughter of this lamb is an example of Ibrahim When he was nearly about to, to kill his son, then Allah Ta'ala brought down this lamb. And who is Ismail? Isn't Ismail a part of uh, Ibrahim's heart? Is not the heart of everyone tied to his son? What if he were to take his son and kill him with his own hands? Would one of us do that? That's when you come to this lamb and you, you sacrifice it. It is as though you are saying to Allah, Here I am, my Lord, ready to sacrifice my heart for your sake. As Ibrahim was, was ready to do, but Allah replaced him with a lamb instead to do it. That my heart is tied to you. And if you were to ask me to kill my heart or, or cutting it I would have done so however you uh, replaced our prophet Ibrahim with a lamb and thus I also expect that you are uh, replacing me this opportunity with a lamb Therefore, after this, the Messenger, the messenger would, uh, send, would wear his perfume 
and prepare to go into the Kaaba. Now you have purified your heart and your outside for Allah. Why did the Messenger وسلم, put this perfume on before going to the Kaaba? This is something which is implanted in the cells which is that when the heart is tied to something it seeks something material that indicates what it's tied to. If there were not something material Perhaps that feeling and that hope would be lost. That if there is a relationship between you and a person, and between you and him some uh, messages or writing or contact, and, and calling, you want still to meet him. Why you have spoken to him and you have sent him letters but you really want to meet him also. Why? My brothers, people's selves are like that. They are they want to to to, uh, to be tied to something material. They want to meet this person that the soul has become tied to. And Allah Ta'ala has the highest example. The heart are tied to him and are full with love of him. So how can we meet Allah in this world? So Allah has made a symbol for him in this world which is the Kaaba. And if you move towards and progress towards this with your heart and, and self it is as though you are moving towards Allah. And when you see it, it is as though you have seen Allah in this world. For this reason, when you begin your tawaf, the first you begin with is the, the black stone. And the black stone comes from paradise. And it used to be more white than ice. However, the sins of mankind have caused it to become black. And Ibn Abbas says about the black stone, is that it is his right in this world, meaning his right hand in this world. Meaning it is as though it were Allah's right hand on earth. So whoever extends his hands to it, it is as though he is shaking hands with Allah. That's when you are Kissing the black stone, it is as though you are kissing Allah's hand. As Ibn Abbas said. Then you will perform the tawaf around the house seven times. Why do you circumambulate the house seven times? My brother, if you own the company and a, and a certain uh, deal, and there is a, there has been like a, a, 
So like a project that has been presented in the, in the country that you can do. And many of the companies, they want to win this project. How is it that you can win it? You go about this, you go around this project day and night thinking about it. Observing it. Thinking about how you can reach to this uh, this deal, how you can win this deal. That you do whatever you can so that you win this uh, deal. And if you love a certain person, that's you 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 go around this person until you can reach his heart. You think of what are the, the ways that will lead to the love of this person, how to make him love you. That's you you go around this matter. So you now, as you go around the Kaaba, it is as though you are going around uh, Allah's love and seeking Allah. You are, you are turning around and going around the symbol of the love of Allah and the worship of Allah. So all of us go around the house that perhaps Allah Ta'ala would, would turn to us. And that perhaps the door would open and Allah would enter you upon those, uh, amongst those whom He loves. That you go around this house and you uh, uh, ask Allah Ta'ala my brothers try if you go to the haram between Maghrib and Isha pray on the third floor then look from up look down and see how the people are going around this house then you hear each one is calling in his language and that one in his language, everyone in their own language. And that person screaming and this person uh, whispering. And, Allah, and Allah Ta'ala at one time he hears them all. He hears this person and this person and this person. He gives this person and answers that person and grants this person. And they are going around this house hoping that Allah would turn to them. That's the circumvallation of the Kaaba is that you are going around and the love of Allah Ta'ala just like the uh, or like the angels go about the the throne of the ever merciful as Allah Ta'ala said and you see the angels going around the, going around the throne from around the, from about the throne they are the, they are declaring Allah's remoteness from all deficiency to praise of Allah Ta'ala seeking the mercy of Allah 
And likewise we are going around this house. That perhaps Allah would enter us into his house, meaning his heart, his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, his love. That you need to feel as though, as when you are passing around this Kaaba, to feel this, uh, to, feel, to try to sense this feeling. Then, why seven? Why wasn't the number three or five? Why wasn't it eight? My brother, seven to the Arabs. It means plenty and strength. This reason Allah Ta'ala has created seven heavens. Which is indicative of plentifulness. Even though there are seven in number, but it is indicative of being many. فيعني ذلك أن الله عز وجل قدر على السبعة فهو قد قدر قد قدر على ما هو أكثر من ذلك. And it points to that if Allah is able to do seven, He can do more. ولذلك سبع أرضين كذلك. And for this reason also seven earths. وكذلك سبعة أيام. And seven days. ولذلك قال الله عز وجل للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. For this reason, uh, Allah Taala said to the messengers of Allah عليه وسلم. عن المنافقين. About the hypocrites. استغفر لهم. Ask for, ask for forgiveness for them. أو لا تستغفر لهم. Or don't. If you were to ask forgiveness for them 70 times, Allah would not forgive them. Notice the number 7. It comes out many times. And when we are referring to plentifulness. For this reason the Arabs say to vicious animals. To dogs and uh, lions and so forth. They are called sabah. In reference to them being the strong uh, vicious animals. Thus, to the Arabs, seven means toughness and plentifulness. Thus, when you pass seven times, you are saying, My Lord, I am ready to do more. And I am coming towards your love with, with aggression. تذهب إلى الحجر فتقبل الحجر ترجو من الله عز وجل كأنما تقبل يديك ترجو من الله عز وجل أي خلاك في محبته. And as you pass the Kaaba each pass, you come to the black stone and kiss it, as though you were, as, you know, as as if you were kissing Allah's hand and asking for His love. ثم تذهب. And then He would ثم تذهب خلف مقام إبراهيم فتجد لله عز وجل وتمرغ وجهك التراب. Then you go behind the station of Ibrahim. And you pray to Allah through so and you put your face in the in the ground. And you recite the two surahs, Al-Ikhlas and Al-Kafirun. And that is that you are saying, Oh Allah, you are the only one whose whom my heart has uh, has has tied. So. so here I am after having uh, 
gone around the house seven times. And my heart has circumambulated the house also seven. And I have put my face in the in the, in the earth. فملأت ظاهري وملأت قلبي بمحبتك. I have filled my outward, my outward, myself outwardly. Uh, and my inside with with uh, with your love, with love of you. والآن أود أن أملأ كل. And now I'd like to fill every أن أملأ كل خلية من خلايا بمحبتك كذلك. Every cell of my cells. With love of you. So what do you do? You go to the water of Zamzam and you drink from it. And it is the water of Allah. When you fill your stomach with this water, then this water enters the bloodstream and goes around your whole body. It nourishes all yourself. It is as though you are saying, Oh Allah, I have filled all myself with love of you. And I have put forth all the means. So do you favor me? By entering me into your love and mercy. Do you favor upon? Do you do do you, are you? Will you uh, be abundant upon me in favor and grant me that? For I am the the poor person to you. The asafa means purity and and. فكأنك ترتفع على المقاوة. It is as though you are getting up on the purity. فتقول رب إنني أطلب هذا الصفاء وأطلب هذه المقاوة. Oh my Lord, I'm asking you for this purity. وقلبي كذلك كله صفاء لا غل ولا حقد ولا حسد. And my heart is all this 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 purity, no uh, grudge, no envy, no jealousy. ثم تذهب إلى المروة. Then you go to the marwa. وما هو المروة في اللغة؟ And what is al-marwa in the Arabic language? Al-marwa Al-marwa means steadfastness and strength. It is as though you are passing between the purity and the freeness. Okay. Between purity and uh, cleanliness to strength and steadfastness. Thus my heart is between purity or cleanliness being cleansed and firmness and uh, strength. There is not in my heart envy for anyone or jealousy or Grudge against anyone. It is like glass in its clarity. But yet it is also firm in 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 positions not uh, shaky, unshaky. it is pure for Allah Taala and steadfast in the obedience of Allah Taala. 
Does he passes between the Safa and the Marwa seven times? فما بين النقاوة والسبات ما بين النقاوة والسبات إلى كأنه يشير بأن ربي قلبي حمو بين هذين الاثنين. Between purity and steadfastness and steadfastness and purity and purity and steadfastness as uh, though your heart is between these two matters and you do this remember the number seven times which means plentifulness فلذلك أنا أرجو ربي أن تجعل قلبي صافيا نقيا ثابتا قويا في المعقل for this reason I uh, beseech uh, you Allah that you make my heart pure and firm in these positions situations لذلك بعد أن تنتهي من المروة لذلك أنت تقف عليها فكأنك تعلو على الثبات وتعلو على الصفاء uh, and you stand upon these as though you are getting up and standing upon purity and getting up and standing upon firmness and strength and you ask Allah in such situations then you will have completed the performance of Hajj Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen we are open for questions now the what? Yes, Rahm Sabah. We go around seven times. Seven heavens. Yeah. What it has to do with Allah? So what's the relationship between the number seven and what it means in Arabic with Allah's creation of seven heavens? And شنو علاقة خلق الله بجل جلاله بأن كلمة معناها؟ تدل على قوة الله عز وجل القدر لأنه تدل على قوة لا هو يقصد شنو ليش يعني وإذا كان معناها في اللغة العربية يعني يعني الله تعالى خلقه له علاقة باللغة العربية يعني يعني ليش بسبب معناها بالعربي أنها أنها شدة وكثرة ندخل هذا في في اللغات الأخرى في اللغات الأخرى هل يوجد عدد معين يدل على الكثرة؟ In other languages is there a number that indicates plentifulness? If there is no number in the other languages, and there is a number in the Arabic language that indicates that, then Allah would have mentioned the number that indicates in all languages the, the plentifulness and uh, and strength. Because if he mentions this, the Arabs will understand that it means his strength and his greatness. And if it's mentioned in the other languages, they'll know that it is something that is a lot. They may not have a specific number, but in the Arabic they have a specific number, which is seven which indicates strength and plentifulness. And then also, Allah Azza wa Jalla, as you all know, He looked upon creation, and He chose, He chose the Arabs over the other of His creation, then he looked in the Arabs and he chose Quraysh from among all the Arabs. Then he looked inside Quraysh and chose Bani Hashim over all of Quraysh. Then he looked in Bani Hashim and he chose the Messenger over all of Bani Hashim. 
So he's better from among better from among he's the, the best among best among best and he's the select select. وكذلك الله عز وجل اختار اللغة العربية من بين جميع اللغات يتكلم بها في هذا القرآن. Likewise, Allah Taala chose the Arabic language from among, from among all the languages to speak in in this Quran. فمعنى ذلك أن هذه اللغة لها مكانة عالية عند الله عز وجل. And this means that this language has a high uh, status with Allah Taala. فربما كان هذا في Perhaps, inshallah, there's some answer to your question in what I mentioned. Any other questions? So the question is, do we have to move or migrate if we live in a country that is predominantly Muslims? And how do we live in such a country and still be righteous Muslims? The Messenger when he began the call in Mecca, the Arabs were all Mushriks. And the Messenger was not commanded at that point in time to do the Hijrah. Rather, he was called to do da'wah. So the Messenger continued in the da'wah. And when he reached that point, where no one else was coming towards Islam, thus there was no need for the Prophet to be amongst Quraysh anymore, he was commanded to migrate. So that he can spread Islam. So the example and the biography of the Prophet is a biography for us and an example for us. So if we are in a country and we call people to Islam and we find that there are people who answer our call and come to us that we should stay in this land so that we can join good upon them and prohibit evil upon them and clarify to them the correct image for this religion but if we, but if it reaches a certain stage, where no one else is going to become Muslim and no one else is, is no one finished, nobody is, they've all received the message and no one else is progressing towards Islam. There's no progress. Or that there are more negatives than there are positives and there's more against staying than there is for staying and the Muslim tried in every way to make the, the, the merits of staying greater than the, than the negatives and was not able to then he picks up for migration but what is happening with us is that a person perhaps separates himself from his brothers and not uh, attend the lessons with them and perhaps he would argue with them or hate them in these lessons and the smallest difference can tear us apart 
and he waits for that fall, that stumble of his brother. And he has pleasure in it. Then he says, I am, we- I have become weaker in my faith. After that, no doubt that person will reap what he has uh, cultivated. Rather, he should meet with his brothers and share advice with them. And he should not have uh, uh, jealousy in his eyes for them. وكذلك لا ينتظر السقطات وإنما يصفح عنهم ويحفو عنهم. and he should not wait for their stumbles or their, their falls. rather he should overlook them. ويجعل الظنون هي الحاكمة والفاصلة بينه وبين إخوانه. and he should not make his suspicions and doubts as the criterion between him and his brothers. وينطلق بالدعوة إلى الله عز وجل. and he should set out for the call to Allah. فبعد ذلك سيرى النتيجة الحسنة له وكذلك لدينه. after that he will see the good results for him and for his religion. لأن ما شاء الله الشباب زحم الله خير هناك يعني سعوا سعين كثير والحمد لله الله عز وجل بارك لهم. because the brothers have worked well over there and struggled. And Allah Ta'ala has put blessing in their efforts. والمسلمون كثيرون هناك لكن في الحقيقة لم نقف لم نقف معهم ولم نقترب من قلوبهم. And the Muslims there are many. We haven't uh, built ties with them and reached their hearts. وكما يقال المسلم ك ك كأس الشاي كما يقال. And as it is said, the Muslim is like a cup of tea. ومملوم بالسكر. Full of sugar. ولكنه لم يحرك. But it wasn't stirred yet. فإذا ما أخذت شيئا فحركته وجدته مملوءا بالسكر بعد ذلك. فوجدت طعمه مملوءا بالحلاق. But if you if you stir it you'll find how sweet it is. فكذلك المسلم قلبه مملوء بالإيمان ولكنه يحتاج إلى تحريك. Likewise the Muslim has the faith in his heart but it needs to be stirred. وإن وجدته يغضب وغير ذاك لكنه في الحق قلبه طيب. So even if you see him getting angry still his heart is good. Thus we should deal with them in goodness and then we will uh, reap the, the fruits of this. <laughs> so the question is if, you, if you're a new Muslim and you don't know how to make da'wah yet and you're just learning the religion, how do you justify staying uh, amongst the mushriks? Uh, he says, I, I mentioned this in my reply. Which is that he should maintain the ties with his brothers. And attend the lessons with them which explain to him when he should enjoin what is good and prohibit what is wrong. And how, and how to act in this situation, how to act in that situation. Through this he will be able to. Especially in, Eng- in England he says you have Sheikh Suhaib, man of knowledge. Maintain your ties with him and he will teach you many things. Yeah, I know, he's now of America. Okay. I have a question here written out. Uh, touching any other wall of Kaaba, apart from Yemeni corner or Blackstone, is an innovation. Please explain the example. Is it wrong to stop around any other part of the Kaaba? يقول أنه أنه هي بدعة. وفي الحقيقة هذا الدين يعني ما ينبغي للإنسان يقول هذا أمر مقرب وهذا أمر 
مبعد الا اذا اتى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم واخبر بان هذا الامر هو مقرب وقرب لله تبارك وتعالى. In the religion of Islam, uh, one should not say that this brings you closer to Allah, or this takes you away from Allah, unless this is something that the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم either commanded or called, you know, called to or called away from. فالامور تنقسم فالامور في الاسلام تنقسم الى قسمين. Matters in Islam are of two parts or two types. القسم الاول قسم المعاملات. The first is that of conduct in dealing. وهو الزواج والتجاره والبيوع. Like marriage, uh, business, commerce and uh, والخروج والدخول واللباس وال... Going out, going in, what you wear, what sleeping. كل هذه الامور هي مباحه في الاسلام. All these matters are permissible in Islam. على اي وجه من الوجوه. In any way. إلا إذا أتى دليل من الشرع يقول هذا حرام وهذا حرام. Except when there is evidence from in the religion that says that this is haram and this is haram. فالأصل كان شرب الخمر مباحا. So for example drinking alcohol originally is permissible. وكذلك الزنا. Likewise uh, adultery. وكذلك جميع أنواع الزواج. Also all forms of marriage. وجميع أنواع اللباس. And all types of clothes. والربا. And interest. وجميع أنواع التجارة. And all forms of business. ولكن عندنا أتى الإسلام. But when Islam comes, الأصل كان هذا مباحاً. الأصل كان هذا مباحاً قبل أن ينهى عن الإسلام. This would be, you know, this would uh, without the prohibition of Islam, such a thing would be permissible because if Allah has prohibited, then it's permissible. فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الربا حرام. But the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم clearly stated الربا is حرام. فإذا نقول الآن الربا حرام ولا الأصل هو مباح لكن قال الإسلام هو حرام إذا قلنا. Because the rule is that everything is initially permissible. So that's before riba, it's permissible. Before the command of the Prophet says riba is not permissible, it would be permissible. But the Messenger وسلم, specifically said riba is haram. Without other statement, you would say that adultery is permissible, but the Messenger وسلم, made it impermissible. Likewise with the drinking of alcohol. Likewise lying. Likewise transgression. Likewise cheating. All of this is not uh, impermissible unless there is such a command. So it is Islam that makes these things impermissible. And, origin- and otherwise it would be permissible. For this reason, like making phone calls or riding the plane or whatever, these are all dealings. You eat from all types of food. Because they are otherwise permissible. Did Islam prohibit them? Does that prohibit them? That means that everything is allowed unless there is evidence that makes it impermissible. Regarding dealing, food, drink. So. As for the other type, that deals with the acts of worship. Prayer, zakat, Fasting. And the other types and forms of worship. In, the, in regards to worship, everything is not allowed. Which is the opposite of your dealings. Your dealings, everything is initially allowed unless you know that it's not allowed, it's, it's prohibited. So with acts of worship, 
It is all impermissible unless there is an evidence that you can do this, you can do that. This is permissible. So you are not allowed to make sujood before you make record. You cannot say in your prayer, I want to do this in my prayer. This is not something that was commanded by Islam. You can't say that I want to fast, I'm just not going to talk anymore. Because Islam did not teach this. So any type of worship that you seek is impermissible unless there is evidence that calls to it. For this reason, when you perform your circumambulation around the Kaaba, you know, without without having evidence for the Messenger Sallallahu you're not allowed to kiss the black stone or touch the black stone or hold the Yemenite corner. For this reason, Umar ibn Khattab said about the black stone, he said, I know you are a stone, and that you're not going to bring me any benefit or harm. But had I not seen the Messenger kiss you, that I would not have kissed you. Thus, without the evidence, we neither touch the black stone or the Rukm Yamani. But because the Messenger Sallallahu kissed the black stone, we kissed the black stone. And when he touched the Yemenite corner, then we do the same. Because the Messenger Sallallahu said that they drop, the sins are dropping. And also the Messenger Sallallahu took hold of that place which is between the black stone and the door in the Kaaba, he uh, came and, and took to it. He put his body and his chest on it. These are the areas that the Messenger touched. But we cannot say regarding other areas that this will bring you closer to Allah, and this people will not bring you closer to Allah, um, specifically that this will bring you closer to Allah, because we don't know that, we don't have that the Messenger Sallallahu did it. Because it is like a correction of Allah, or telling something, uh, as to telling Allah, it's like telling Allah, because Allah is who declares uh, the forms of worship. So how do you know that when you touch this area, it's going to bring you closer to Allah. Are you saying it from your own mind? But Allah Ta'ala said to the Messenger to say, if you love Allah, then follow me and Allah will love you. So if that place was a place that brings you closer to Allah, then the Messenger Sallallahu would have done it. Or is it that we're better than the Messenger? Or do we know Allah better than the Messenger did? Or that the Messenger Sallallahu did he know that this was such great reward but he didn't want it? This is all impermissible. This is all impossible. Why did the Messenger Sallallahu not tell us this stuff? Did he betray the call? He is far removed from that. But we don't say that touching such a place 
is something that brings us closer to Allah. For this reason, the Messenger said, Whoever innovates into our matter something which doesn't belong to it, it is rejected of him. It's sent back. Alhamdulillah. I think it's a good time to close.